I would like to, for us to read from Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, we'll read verses 31 to 34. Matthew 25, 31 to 34. Will have actually pleased me for the sphere of praise not to be sitting up when we are having Bible study. You know, be part of us, please. Not that you have done your administration and therefore you can isolate yourself. If you want to, you can sit here. We see, we see you. It says that when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him. Then he shall sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate them one from another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left hand, on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Amen. We are talking about, we want to study something about Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Um, I received a WhatsApp from you know, Larry Adenoga, and it captured my attention. I said to myself, it is true, you know. Do you know the days that actually we talk about? I believe that we talk about Valentine's Day, huh? birthday, huh? Father's Day, Mother's Day, Children's Day, Democracy Day, June 12th Day. <laughs> I don't know what they call June 12th. Huh? What do they call it? This is democracy? Huh? We have Teacher's Day, we have Workers' Day, Independence Day, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. Teacher's Day, New Year's Day. Do you know that I found something again now huh? when I checked through? And I found that there's a day that we call huh? World Laughter Day. Have we ever celebrated that before? World, World Laughter Day. It is celebrated in the first Sunday of May. What about Malaria Day? July 12th, World Mosquito Day. Huh? I've never heard that before. And that is celebrated in August 20. And then, World Television Day. And I looked and said to myself, wow, we have all these days that we celebrate, but not once did we talk about Judgment Day. 
judgment day. And whether we like it or not, it will happen. The only thing is, have I prepared myself for that day? Have you prepared yourself for that day? Now, if you are in Christ and you know that you are saved, do you not have some people who are still very much in darkness, who have not known Jesus? Have you ever warned them concerning that day? Judgment day. Your friends, relations who are still very much outside Jesus. Will that day be a day of celebration or a day of condemnation for them? Judgment day is the day when eternal judgment shall be delivered. And guess what? When the verdict comes down, there is no appeal. There is no appeal. Now, what is the meaning of the word judgment? I'm not a lawyer, but I know that um, indeed uh, it's far from what we hear about, you know, law court thing, and so uh, we are hearing the judgment tomorrow or whatever. Judgment means to separate, like we read in Matthew 25. The Lord will come in his glory and he will separate. He will divide. That is judgment for you. To make a distinction between sheep and goat. To exercise judgment upon. To estimate. To call to account. To bring into question to bring under question to judge judiciously to bring to bring to trial to sentence to be brought to account and so on and so forth now as we teach about this particular topic today huh? We need to know why we should teach it. Why should we teach about judgment day? Why? We teach not to scare any Christian, but that we should be continually grateful to God. Continually grateful to God that grace has been poured upon us as Christians. And the mercy of God has been revealed. Why? Because if you are in Christ, there is no longer any condemnation. Let's read what Romans 5, 8 to 9 says. Romans 5, 8 to 9. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from what? From wrath through him. Then again, 
We see that First Thessalonians one ten. First Thessalonians one ten, and to wait for His Son through uh, from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus Christ, Jesus who delivers delivered us or delivers us rather from the wrath to come. The day of judgment will be a day of wrath, but Christ has delivered us. Secondly, uh, we need to teach it because. Uh, we need to live to continue to live in the fear of God. Children of God, if we forget the judgment day, we'll do whatever we like. But as Christians, we need to watch the way we live. So we need to continue to live in the fear of the Lord. The Lord wants us to actually do this. Hebrews 10.31 Hebrews 10.31 tells us that indeed uh, it is a fearful thing to do what? To fall into the hands of the living God. There was a man in the Old Testament that actually demonstrated this. David. When David sinned and God said, three things are put before you. You can fall into the hand of your enemies or you can actually endure the plague that I will send and you can actually have famine. He said, I would rather fall into the hands of God for the Lord will show mercy. With man, there is no mercy. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the Lord. And uh, we know also that uh, 1 Peter 1, 17, we will not read it, and Matthew 10, 28, will tell us about, you know, this dreadful day which actually the Lord will show his wrath. Then again, it is important for us to teach about the judgment day in order to stir up intercession for the lost. To stir up intercession for the Lord. Uh, to, for, for the lost. And it is because the awfulness of that day is terrifying. And therefore, we need to have the mind of God that God is not interested in the death of a sinner, but that the sinner should repent. We need to be in intercession, praying for them that as the Holy Spirit has actually made us to come to know him, so also he will bring this about these ones that are still lost. Then we need to teach it so that we might present the gospel as it is. Nowadays, we are not preaching the gospel anymore. We are preaching prosperity. We are preaching soundness of the body. We are preaching things that actually would not save. We are preaching, don't cover your hair, cover your hair. We are preaching, kneel down when you want to pray, and so on and so forth. All those things that actually have nothing to do with salvation. Only Jesus can save. And that is the gospel that the world needs to, to hear. We must not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Romans 1, 16 to 20. Paul said it. It is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. 
and therefore we must not in any way water it down we must not in any way use anything to replace that the church of god is doomed when the church refuses to preach the gospel then again now in a world today we find that some people will say that ah pastor you're just saying something that uh, uh, you 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 read somewhere in the bible and uh, it, it can never be, be be so it can never be so why would good the good god you know dis destroy people forever in what ways have we actually found the wrath of God revealed in the scriptures? Has God actually shown his wrath, really, ever before in the scriptures? In many ways. Number one, you remember very well that the Lord God Almighty looked upon Adam and Eve when they disobeyed him. What happened? He drove them out of the garden. They had enough to eat. Everything put for them. But when they sinned against him, his wrath was actually brought to focus. And he drove them out. He separated them from himself. And that is judgment. Then again, if you say that ah, God is too loving, cannot do anything like that, and so on and so forth. Do you remember the flood? And somehow, somehow, even for non-Christians, the story of the flood uh, is embedded in their culture. They have it in their culture that truly God destroyed the whole earth with the flood. God said, I, am, I regret ever creating man. But by his grace, again, Noah found favor. If God can do it, and then after the flood, God will say, I will no longer destroy the world with, with, the, with, with waters, uh, with, what, uh, with flood. He didn't say that I will not destroy the world again. He said, with flood. And I will give you a sign, the rainbow. So, what about the Tower of Babel? When God scattered the people, that is the wrath of God. These people, they are united in language and in everything. I will scatter them. Change their language. If God can do that, know that indeed. He can do what actually he said concerning the judgment day. Then again, Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord said, I will utterly destroy the people. Everything in that city I will destroy. Including, huh? of course, the flies, the mosquitoes, the, the cockroaches, and everything that actually was in it. And the Lord God Almighty destroyed it, saving only Lot and his two daughters. Then again, we see that God meant for us to know that there will be judgment day because of the universe, universality of death due to sin. Death is common to all because we have all sinned. 
I don't actually know anybody that will say that I'm going to travel to Japan so that I will not die. People in Japan die too because man has sinned. Go to North Pole, run to South Pole, death will occur because man has sinned. Now, God said to Adam, if you eat of this, you will do what? You will surely die. Guess what? Satan said to Adam, to Eve, you will not surely die. But who was right? God. And therefore, when he said that there will be judgment day, a day when he will come in his glory to separate the sheep from the goat, know that it will happen. And of course, we see that the wrath of God became highly manifested in a place called Calvary. The wrath of God was totally manifested in a place called Calvary. God said, I will send my son to die for mankind. And what happened? To the cross, he sent him. If God would send his only son to die for you and for me, know that he truly means business. Whatever he says uh, is not for, is, is, is for something. It's for something. And therefore, we need to be very, very careful to avoid taking God by his word would be a great mistake. Eternal judgment also is called the dreadful day of the Lord. It is called the righteous judgment that will be revealed. It is called judgment and destruction of ungodly men. The judgment and destruction of ungodly men. The day of the wrath of God who sits on the throne and of the Lamb. Children of God, I know that indeed as Christians will not take the word of God for granted. Why must there be judgment? Why must there be judgment? If anybody should ask you, why must there be judgment? Why don't God just allow the world to continue to run like that for eternity? There must be judgment because sin is against God's law. There must be judgment because ungodliness persists. There must be judgment because unrighteousness is actually the order of the day. Disobedience can still be found. Unbelief is very much there. Trespasses are there. Evil deeds are there. And all these things can be you know, found in the scriptures. So the judgment of the, of the Lord is not in any way just because the Lord will want to judge the world. It is important also to note this, that uh, three set of people or set of things have been identified to be the judge. God the Father, 
will judge. I would like for us to read from First uh, uh, Peter four five. First Peter. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. That is God Almighty. And um, I know that um, to him that we have there may not really uh, show as to whether it is Jesus or, the, uh, or, or God. Then for this, the son will be the judge also, John 5. Actually, Matthew, Matthew 25 that we read, verse 31, says that Jesus Christ is coming in his glory with his angels to judge. So that one is certain. But this one interests me. And I know that some of us have found it and um, we, 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 we know that it's going to be it's right. It's going to happen. First Corinthians chapter six, verses two to three. First Corinthians three, uh, six rather, two to three. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Who are the saints? Who are the saints? Christians. Are you not a saint? We are. Saints will judge the world, and if the world will be judged by, you see now, by you, by you. Are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Then verse 3, do you not know that we shall judge angels? Huh? We shall judge angels. How much more things? How much more things that pertain to this life? Here, I know that he was talking about the fact that we should not take ourselves to, to court. We should not take ourselves to court. We should, be, we should judge ourselves within ourselves. And he's saying to us, by the inspiration of God, that we shall judge angels. Don't you know that angels sin? And when they sin, what happens? They are thrown down. Where did sin start from? In heaven. Lucifer was the first person to sin. And therefore we see that God the Father will judge, Jesus Christ our Lord will judge, and he will give authority to his saints, to those who believe in him, to judge. And therefore we need to be very careful how we live our lives. And um, there are about seven or eight things that I need to, for us to think about concerning the things that will govern the judgment of God concerning, you know, those that actually will go to heaven and those who will go to, who will go to hell. The first one is the measure of light or truth revealed to us. The measure of light or truth revealed to us. There are some people who have not heard the gospel. There are some people who may not even know about Jesus Christ and they have lived a long life and died. And therefore, it will be by the measure of light or truth they have received. The Bible tells me that indeed some of these people will be judged 
by their conscience. They will be judged by their conscience. And secondly, will be judged according to God's word, the word of God. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And the Bible says also, whatever you sow, you will reap. Therefore, it is important for us to know that we cannot take the word of God lightly. And don't say that you don't, we will not actually read the word of God or to know what actually God intends so that a little, a little light and a little, little truth will be revealed to you. You have the word and therefore there is no excuse. There is no excuse. Um, then again, we'll be judged by the standard of divine divine impartiality divine impartiality do you know that there will be no advocate other than him that you have believed in Jesus Christ he will be your advocate and there will be the accuser of the brethren who is that? Satan and when you stand before the white throne of God guess what? he may actually uh, put in some of the deeds that you have done in order that you may be condemned. But Christ, who is your advocate, will rise on your behalf. If you don't have him, what a shame. Then we see that people will be judged also by their treatment of children of God. The way they treat the children of God. That is seen no, practically in the book of Matthew chapter 25. Whatever you do for any of these who believe in me, you have done what? To me. If they are hungry and you don't feed them, it is me that you are maltreating. But if you do it for them, you are doing it to me. We'll be judged by that. And of course, will be judged also by the law. The law is there to guide us. The law is there to make us to know what the intention of God is for us. And of course, we'll be judged by the gospel. We'll be judged by the gospel. Let's read 2 Thessalonians 1.8. 2 Thessalonians 1.8 in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, to start from seven, but the eight actually shows that indeed uh, the flame of fire cannot be escaped by those who actually do not know Jesus and those who will not in any way um, obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you actually going to make it on the judgment day? What will happen on that day? We know that indeed on that day there will be separation. Sinners will be condemned to everlasting punishment. 
And we know that the righteous in God will live forever with Christ Jesus and receive rewards for what they have done in Christ. Knowing this, I sincerely believe that knowing this must make us to be real disciples of Jesus. And being a true disciple of Jesus Christ must make us to deliberately, deliberately weakness for him in order to rescue the perishing and care for the dying. I want to express again, I want to express again that you do not believe the false doctrine of the fact that A, there is no hell, there is no heaven. This is being preached by so many uh, sects and some of them call themselves Christians. They just believe that the good God cannot in any way destroy that which actually he has made because his love will save them. His love will not make him to do anything to punish people unnecessarily. May I actually say again that God is perfectly fair and just. What do we, do we mean by this? God is perfectly fair and just. He has set the rule. All we need to do is keep the rules. Then again, it is not that God has, I mean, rejected us. That is why uh, we are going to hell, but we have rejected God. If you reject a father and say, Father, I, I don't see you as my father again. In fact, I'm disowning you as my father. Will you actually want to be part of his inheritance? No. You have cut yourself off. And because God is perfectly fair and just, he has laid it down in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, that we, 16 we know very well, huh? for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Huh? that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Look at verse 17. Huh? Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 18. 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Why? God has set the sun standard. He has made a way of escape. But you have decided to do what? To go your own way. And therefore, you face the consequence. And when God does what he does, he is doing it because he is fair and just. The Lord God Almighty help us to know that 
Even this he has demonstrated before. In the book of Matthew chapter 23, the Lord Jesus Christ saw Jerusalem. Do you know what actually Jerusalem, the, 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 the word Jerusalem means? Jerusalem means possession of peace. Possession of peace. But the prince of peace was killed inside the city that she possessed peace. Guess what? The Lord saw Jerusalem and wept over it and said, let's read it, um, 2337. 2337. Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. The one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But guess what? But you were not willing. You are not willing. The same thing is true concerning God's creation. He wants to save all of us. If you read the scriptures, you will know that hell was not designed for human beings. It was designed for Satan and his demons. But whoever would decide to go with him, huh, he will eat with him. And that is exactly what. Let's the consciousness of the fact that God is loving, but God is also a consuming fire. And therefore, let us worship him and serve him with fear and trembling that we may not be a castaway. May you continue to abide under his wings. May you continue to be found in the hollow of his hands. May you continue to actually be rapturable to your way to heaven. In Jesus' name.